there will now be an opportunity for silent prayer or meditation. Thank you very much. Uh, honorable members, before we proceed, I just want to remind you that the virtual mini plenary is deemed to be in the precinct of parliament and constitute a meeting of the National Assembly for debating purposes only. In addition to the rules of the virtual sittings, the rules of the National Assembly, including the rules of the debate apply. Members enjoy the same powers and privileges that uh, apply in the sitting of the National Assembly. Members should equally Note that anything said in the virtual platform is deemed to have been said to the House and may be ruled upon. All members who have logged in shall be considered to be present and are requested to mute their microphones and only unmute when recognized to speak. This is because the mics are very sensitive and will pick up the noise which might disturb the attention of other members. When recognized to speak, please unmute your microphone and connect your video. Members may make use of the icons on the bar at the bottom of their screens, which has an option that allows a member to put up his hand to raise a point of order. The secretariat will assist in alerting the chairperson to members requesting to speak. When using the virtual system, members are urged to refrain from or desist from unnecessary points of order or interjections. Um, we shall now proceed to the order of the debate on vote 39, Trade and Industry and Competition Appropriation Bill. And I will now recognize the Minister of Trade and Industry and Competition, the Honorable Minister Patel. Honorable Boroto, honorable members, fellow South Africans. The COVID-19 pandemic has deeply scarred the South African economy. While the economic recovery is better than expected, it is still slow and its impact uneven, with larger job losses for lower paid workers and severe damage caused to many small businesses. To speed up economic recovery and build back better, we need a whole of government approach. In my remarks today, I wish to set out the department's future strategic focus based on deeper integration of our efforts to galvanize inclusive growth and build local industrial capacity. Deeper integration will enhance the connection between our policy vision and effective implementation. We will achieve this by uniting growth with transformation, boosting local production, growing exports, increasing investment, and expanding the green economy. I will speak to each of these strategic pillars in turn. They form the basis for the department's program of work for the year ahead, 
which involves a bold set of measures covering greater worker ownership in the economy, higher levels of local industrialization, a roadmap for producing electric vehicles and working on green hydrogen opportunities, boosting investment levels and building and strengthening export platforms through the AFC FTA and other measures. First, we must build a new model of growth and economic inclusion that unites South Africans in the economy and promotes transformation. In other words, inclusive growth, growth that benefits everyone and not the few. How do we achieve this inclusive growth, which is easy to speak of, but harder to achieve? It is about sharing wealth and opportunity, breaking free from the shackles of the past, of a society divided be between bosses on the one hand and workers and servants on the other. If we really are in, uh, in this together, then our patterns of ownership, power and control must be transformed. So by building on our successes, we now need to step up policies that actively promote worker ownership of shares in firms and representation of workers on corporate boards, as well as support for broad-based ownership vehicles in the economy. What is new in this approach is that worker ownership arrangements should not be in the form of passive dividend flow arrangements, but be accompanied by mechanisms for the voice of labor to be heard in the top decision-making structures in the corporate sector. This is an important way in which we can create meaningful economic inclusion. This can be the new frontier of economic empowerment. It is not a pipe dream. Our research has revealed the extent of worker ownership. More than 230,000 workers currently own shares in about 50 companies. It is a vision of industrial democracy that is being executed by companies who recognize the role that they can play in building an inclusive economy. For example, the groundbreaking decision by Coca-Cola to appoint two worker representatives. Within the next four weeks, there will be a ballot of the 8,000 workers to elect their representatives. PepsiCo expects to have worker representation on its board by September this year. To advance this agenda further, our annual plan will cover the following actions. A company's amendment bill will be prepared within the next three months to set out the modalities for improved representation of worker interests in company, decision-making, and company boards. The outcome of the Register of Worker Ownership in the South African economy will be published on an annual basis, and we will work with unions and corporates to improve the funding arrangements to ensure that this model provides for real ownership and a greater share in decision-making. We also intend to work with tertiary educational institutions to assist in the further education of worker directors and potential directors. A practice note under the uh, broad-based BEE Act will be gazetted today to provide guidance to regulators and clarity in the market on the treatment of broad-based empowerment vehicles so that worker ownership schemes, community trusts, and union investment vehicles are properly recognized for BEE purposes. Aside from worker representation, honorable members, there are other significant steps that must be taken to achieve greater fairness, more opportunity, and deeper transformation in the economy. Promoting black industrialists and small businesses is critical. Though we have made progress with broad-based BEE, it is clear that we need to bring greater rigor and credibility to BEE statistics and practices 
and ensure that claims made by firms in their BEE reports are verified. This may require adjustments to the reporting requirements. I will appoint an expert panel to review the current BEE framework in order to address these legitimate public concerns. We recently re released a report containing details of 32 billion Rand made available by the DTIC institutions to nearly 800 black owned entities to grow their footprint in areas such as food processing, uh, auto components, textiles, steel and filmmaking. Master plan implementation of transformation measures covering some 9 billion Rand will begin rollout and the first allocations from the auto industries transformation fund will be made covering black component suppliers. By November, the new JP Morgan fund to support 500 local firms and small businesses with 384 million rand of support through an equity equivalent agreement with the state will begin disbursing funds. Tomorrow, the Competition Commission will launch a market inquiry into online platforms like e-commerce marketplaces, food delivery, short-term accommodation and travel, e-platforms. The first such inquiry under the new legislation and will later this year release a report on the state of economic concentration in South African industry. I am pleased to announce that Deputy Commissioner James Hodge, an eminent competition economist, will chair the market inquiry into online platforms. Uh, a policy statement on competition policy for jobs will also be released tomorrow. Honorable members, a green paper on the social and solidarity economy will be released for public comment within 60 days, which can assist with the rebuilding of the economy in the wake of the number of formal businesses that have been devastated and to support township and rural enterprises. A further amendment to company law is required to tackle the gross injustice of excessive pay. A new bill uh, will be finalized within 60 days uh, which will require disclosure of wage differentials in companies, stronger governance on excessive director pay, and enhanced transparency on ownership and financial records. Our economy needs a production boost. So, honorable members, the second pillar of our deeper integration strategy recognizes that we must build local industrial capacity, both for domestic and for export markets. South Africa's import to GDP ratio is too high for an economy that desperately needs more jobs. We import goods worth 25% of our GDP. Our propensity to import is out of line with peer countries and developed economies and more can sensibly and sustainably be produced locally. Compare our 25% with China at 14%, India at 16%, Brazil 10%, the US at 12%, and the EU at 14%. The local industrial effort, what we call localization for shorthand, must be rooted in building both dynamic firms and an inclusive economy. Competitiveness and industrial agility are critical to longer run localization efforts. Sector master plans developed and implemented in partnership with business and unions contain the details of how to do this. We also need practical steps to promote, where sustainable, a greater level of beneficiation of our natural resources here in South Africa. We have already made progress on this, proving that it can be done. Pre-COVID, we imported 1.1 trillion Rand 
of non-oil imports, which provides a useful marker of the potential uh, for localization. In the past year, we built local production capacity, often from scratch, with more than 10 billion rand of local production of COVID-19 products, ranging from face masks, hand sanitizers, ventilators, and vaccines, and 2 billion rand of it was exported to other African countries. South Africa's first fuel cell factory started production in the Dube trade port, and a greater proportion of local scrap metal has been used in our foundries. Further beneficiation action include a vanadium electrolyte manufacturing plant in the East London IDZ that will begin production later this year, using South Africa mined vanadium oxide to create energy storage solutions. And a nickel sulfite um, facility has been established in Northwest using byproducts of the PGM mining process to create components for lithium batteries used in electric vehicles. A new edible oil refinery will be built in Richards Bay that will add half a billion rands of local content to the South African economy when it is completed. We produce not only widgets and cars, but increasingly films and music. During the lockdown last year, the Mauritanian nominated for a few Oscars and BAFTA awards and starring Jodie Foster and Benedict Cumberbatch was shot in South Africa, helping to create local jobs. A number of local film, uh, films are currently being produced. Last year, we had three master plans in place, covering the auto, clothing and poultry industries. Since then, honorable members, we finalized three more covering sugar, steel and furniture. These master plans cover about 700,000 workers with a combined industrial output of about 300 billion rand. We selected these industries because they promote food security and rural development. And two of them are labor intensive, especially in terms of jobs for women. For the future, we will be looking at master plans that support growth in new economic sectors, as well as consolidating existing sectors. In this coming year, our portfolio of new sector work covers, among others, global business services, film animation, the chemical and plastic sectors, green industry, medical products, and capital goods. To clarify our overall approach to localization, we are releasing today a policy statement on localization for jobs. This will be complemented by integrated efforts with other ministries to drive local vaccine development and use of local components in the national infrastructure plan. Honorable members, tariff adjustments and rebates are an important policy instrument available to the state to lower or increase import duties. But in future, will need to be accompanied more clearly by binding commitments by applicants to improve their competitiveness, to create jobs, and to exercise price restraint. Our localization strategy has the support of major corporate players. 30 chief executive officer champions have been nominated from the private sector, including uh, Mamonghai Mahlari from Ilovo, Mark Kutifani from Anglo, Vikesh Ramsundev of Klix, Fleetwood Grobler of Sasso, and Fortune Majapelo of Bushveld. They, uh, as much as government, are committed to achieving far greater localization recognizing its wider benefit for the economy and society. We now have an accord at NEDLAC to drive progressive achievement of this, to localize up to 200 billion rand of additional production over an, an indicative five-year period. 
An initial list of 42 products have been identified for localization and 240 million rand has been raised from the private sector to appoint technical experts to drive localization, bringing together industrial engineers, supply chain managers, experts in dealing with illegal imports and project managers. Thirdly, honorable members, we must address and increase our exports through trade with the rest of the world. Last year, we secured a trade surplus of 270 billion rand, the largest on record, mainly due to a decrease in import levels and exports to the United States increased in absolute terms. Agricultural exports have grown and so to the export of manufactured products, such as catalytic converters used to reduce carbon emissions in cars and trucks, mining equipment and cosmetics. One of our key successes has been export of services. Last month, South Africa was named uh, the South Africa was named as the most attractive destination for global business services, which include call centers. And some 275,000 workers are now employed in the sector as a result of DTIC incentives and active support to the sector during the pandemic lockdowns when call centers were kept open safely while their competitors elsewhere were closed. We made significant progress with the legal framework for the AFC FTA to enable African trading legally to commence during 2021. And in, in December last year, we gazetted regulations for the start of trading. Trade policy is about jobs, but it must also help to save lives during this pandemic. For this reason, South Africa, supported by India, sponsored a formal request at the World Trade Organization for a waiver to enable vaccines, diagnostics, and therapeutic products to be produced without some of the restrictions imposed by the TRIPS agreement on intellectual property. To date, more than 100 countries have supported this initiative, and the United States and New Zealand became the first developed countries to back the waiver request. This is an extraordinary watershed achievement and this house should be proud of the leading role that South Africa played in building such a global alliance. To clarify our trade policy stance, we are issuing a policy statement on trade policy for jobs and local industry on Thursday this week. In the period ahead, we will build on these foundations. To take the AFC FTA forward, we aim to have rules of origin covering between 87% to 90% of products on our tariff book adopted by heads of state, and to conclude bilateral offers with a number of countries. To support local industry to export, the mandate of the Export Credit Insurance Corporation will be amended from 1 June this year to, prov to provide risk cover for a range of industrial products. To support improved trade with the United States, we will, within the next 30 days, follow up discussions with the new US Trade Representative, Ambassador Catherine Tai, building on constructive meetings held in March and May this year. To ensure that exports help the economy to transform, we will launch a new network bringing together black industrialists active in export markets. And to address widespread levels of illegal imports, we will finalize discussions with trading partners on measures to combat such activities. Honorable members, uh, investments are the lifeblood life of growth. So the fourth pillar is uh, uh, to complement uh, the steps to expand our markets uh, through localization and exports by a renewed drive on investment. At the investment conference seven months ago, 
New pledges of 110 billion Rand were made. The DTIC is now busy on implementation of the pledges and obtaining new ones. One of the most significant was the 16 billion Rand Ford car making expansion that we expect will be matched by close to 4.3 billion Rand investment by their component suppliers. And it will further, uh, and further investment is expected to strengthen rail lines between Gauteng and the Eastern Cape uh, port of Kucha. Large new investment has been facilitated by the DTIC in the past 12 months to build and expand factories across the country, like Fridge Manufacturing in KwaZulu-Natal and a Black-owned glass manufacturer in Gauteng. We will now step up the drive to mobilize new investments in the economy, setting the DTIC a target of 100 billion rand over the next year, which together with other efforts in the state can help to achieve the goal for the next investment conference. Fifth, uh, honorable uh, members, we, we will ex expand our efforts on green industrialization and the just transition. Climate change will impact on industrial development as well as human development and security in a number of ways, through new opportunities for industrial processes and products, uh, through constraints to access to export markets and capital markets, and through disruptions to existing business models based on carbon intensive technologies. Make no mistake, climate change represents a very real and grave threat to our future economic prospects not least because of global markets that are changing fast. We must recognize the urgency of the situation and take action accordingly. We must not get left behind with stranded assets and a carbon dependent economic model. We have made progress in some areas with an increasing mix of renewable energy on our grid, assembly of hybrid vehicles using a combination of internal combustion engines and electric motors, work on battery storage technologies, and a new fridge freezer production in KZN using solar energy with more than 2,400 units produced already. We must step up efforts to build full electric vehicles in South Africa to maintain our capacity to export to key markets such as the EU and UK, both of which have set new targets and deadlines to reduce the number of fossil fuel reliant vehicles on their roads. We need charging infrastructure and, and must expand the existing 200 charging points for electric vehicles in South Africa using the agreed uh, SABS standard. The big opportunity will be in the advancing technologies based on green hydrogen energy with time projected to be the best solution to humanity's energy needs. If the 20th century becomes known as the century of crude oil and nuclear energy, the 21st century may be known as the century of renewable energy and green hydrogen. South Africa is well positioned to become a key player with our reserves of platinum group metals used as a catalyst in green hydrogen fuel cells, and as, um, as well as vanadium used in battery storage technologies. Already, Sasson and one large car maker have launched a partnership to explore fuel cell technologies across the N3 corridor between Joburg and Durban. As countries reconstruct the economies beyond COVID-19, renewable energies and renewable technologies will play a critical role. COVID-19 reminded us that in a globalized world, if we get it wrong, the price all of us pay is huge. And hence, we must continue to ensure an economy 
that is congruent with international best practice in the field of energy production that is climate friendly. Climate change demands that we rise to this challenge and seize the vast opportunities that it presents. The technologies we're talking about provide an opportunity and a solution, and it allows South Africa to play to its advantage. To unlock the opportunities, our action plan will focus on the following. On electric vehicles, I have today issued a draft sector green paper containing a proposed roadmap to local production, setting out options being considered by automakers, unions, and government, with steps and tentative timeframes required. We now seek public comment on the document to finalize the strategy within 90 days. On hybrid vehicles, Toyota plans its first production run this year, providing consumers with greener cars assembled in South Africa. On the green hydrogen economy, I have mandated the IDC to be the industry commercialization agency to work with the DSI on achievement of its roadmap and will appoint a panel led by Dr. Johan van Zeil, an experienced global car maker, to finalize a report on the practical actions to be taken to realize the opportunities for South Africa. To unlock the potential of these five strategic pillars, honorable members, the state will need to integrate its own work and that of the private sector and labor into a more compelling growth and transformation story, deeper integration, enhanced state capacity, and more spatial development at district and metro levels and with SEZs will be needed. We will implement steps to boost state capacity and agility, improve the ease of doing business and cut bureaucracy and red tape, replacing them with smarter regulation. Our focus is on clear and concrete actions. This month, the first four black auto component manufacturers under the new industry transformation fund will be supported and rebate certificates for local clothing manufacturers will be issued, stimulating potentially 250 million rand local clothing manufacturing. In June, we launched the Fund for Technical Resources Required to Implement our Localization Initiative, and Solar Africa Energy will open its solar carport manufacturing facility in Silverton in Pretoria. In July, production of auto steering systems begin from the expanded ZF Lumpfurde factory in the Eastern Cape. In August, Black industrialist Dalisu begins commercial production from its sodium sulfate plant in Pitretif to replace current imports. In September, PepsiCo launches its new development fund to bring more emerging farmers into its supply chain and finalize a worker representative on its board. In October, production on industrial helium commences from a new facility in Free State, making South Africa one of only eight countries globally to produce this vital gas. And the DTIC and IDC funded film, Happily Ever After, will have its global release on Netflix. In November, the first units of the new Toyota Corolla hybrid vehicle rolls of the production line in South Africa, and the next South Africa investment conference is expected to be convened. By December, Aspen Pharmacare, based on capacity, is ex expected to have produced its 100 millionth dose of the COVID-19 vaccine in Kaibecha. Uh, in January next year, Score Metals begins production of steel products from its expanded facility. In February, a new aluminium packaging facility for the beverage industry starts production in Gauteng. And in March, our digital infrastructure will expand through establishment of a new data center in Gauteng. By April, the first building in the Nutswani SEZ for new Ford car component firms will be completed. 
and the BAIC light vehicle assembly plant will start commercial production in the Kucha SEZ. Honorable members, important steps are being taken. There is real action on the ground floor of our economy. With deeper integration and bolder ambition, the progress we made will be a springboard for the inclusive growth this economy urgently needs and our people deserve. In conclusion, I wish to thank Deputy Ministers Gina and Majola, as well as Lionel October, who served for 10 years as the DG and the team led by acting DG Malebo, Mabichi Thompson, for the invaluable contributions to the boards and leadership of DTIC agencies and our social partners for the works done this past year and to members of the Portfolio Committee uh, for their support. It is my pleasure to table the budget of the department today before the National Assembly. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Minister. We now move the second speaker. The next speaker is the Honorable Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee, Honorable Nkosi. Minister, Honorable Members and fellow South Africans, the Portfolio Committee on Trade and Industry and Competition adopted the 2021-2022 budget vote 39 of the Department of Trade, Industry and Competition. This budget allocation allows the DTIC to continue to carry out its mandate. The allocated budget for the DTIC of 9.7 billion in 2021-2022 is in support of the operations of the department, incentives and transfers to its entities. In this oversight, the DTIC, the committee oversees the mandate of promoting the structural economic transformation that will ensure economic growth and increase employment. The next point will be the implementing programs that broaden participation of previously disadvantaged, particularly facilitating the creation of opportunities for Black people, women, and youth to have opportunity to participate in the economy activities. And finally, developing the implementing legislation to facilitate a predictable, competitive, equitable, and socially responsive environment conducive to investment, trade, and enterprise development. During its engagement with the DTIC, the committee learned how the department in the 2021-2022 financial year, plans to do more with the reduced budget by coordinating activities of the department and using non-financial resources to achieve its mandate. With the limited resources at its disposal, it has managed to develop initiatives that seek to address the main challenges of our country, which are economic growth, unemployment by supporting the sectors 
uh, that employ many people. In the 21st October 2020, the president of our country, His Excellency Cyril Ramaphosa, in his house, in this house, presented the Economic Reconstruction and Recovery Plan, a plan to build a new economy, an inclusive economy, a growing economy, job-creating economy. Presenting the plan, the president stated, I quote, we must work together to build this new inclusive economy and to build a South Africa that works, close quote. Over the past few months since the introduction of the economic reconstruction and recovery plan, in this parliament, the Committee on Trade, Industry and Competition has placed this oversight role on the implementation of this plan by the department and its entities, mainly focusing on development, finance, institutions, company regulations, and customer protection. The committee is satisfied with the progress that the department and its entities have made in implementing their interventions to achieve economic and reconstruction recovery. The committee is further encouraged that the DTIC through the 9.9 billion, uh, 9.7 billion rands allocated budget continues to prioritize the economic and reconstruction and recovery plan in the 2021-22 financial year. Furthermore, the committee welcomes the diverse tools that the DTIC is using to implement the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. The sectoral master plans, localization and beneficiation, regional and global trade, and the regulatory framework are some of the mechanisms that are being used by the DTIC to implement the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. In addition, the committee supports the DGIC's effort to maximize its reduced budget, doing more with less. Given the fiscal constraints in the country by leveraging non-financial tools that its development finance institutions balance sheets to support inclusive economic growth. Furthermore, delivering the SONA in the 11th February 2021, President Ramaphosa highlighted four priorities for the government for this financial year. Priorities to address South Africa's economic challenges of high unemployment, low level of economic growth, and high level of inequality, which have been exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. The creation of the inclusive economic reform to drive inclusive growth is one of the priorities. Looking at the DTIC's plans and initiatives, for the financial year and the medium terms, 
the committee is encouraged by the measures that will be implemented to contribute to the inclusive economic growth. To contribute to that inclusive economic growth, work towards the industrialization for the inclusive growth in financial year through the industrial park and the special economic zone programs. To contribute to the broad and inclusive economy, development of the DTIC continued to revitalize old industrial parks in rural and township areas by building infrastructure that will make the area more attractive for investment. Investment into these areas will consequently lead to the creation of job opportunities. The development of the special economic zone, which the DTIC will continue through its budget, aims to promote trade, economic growth, and industrialization through the identification of opportunities and attracting of the investment into the designated areas and designated sectors of the economy. These programs will ensure that people in the rural areas, townships, and all provinces are not left behind in accessing job opportunities where they live and need not have more of urban areas to access job opportunities. All these programs aim to build local manufacturing capacity while creating jobs. Regional integration through the African continent free trade agreement as an instrument of, for driving industrial development in Africa through its increasing trade among the African countries, the committee commends the DGIC implementation of the African continent free trade agreement. In conclusion, the committee supports the 2021-2022 budget vote for the Department of Trade, Industry and Competition as it will be an enabler to inclusively grow the, the economy and job creation, which is envisaged by the Economic Reconstruction and Recovery Plan. Um, I was actually thinking it will be helpful to leave a few minutes for Honorable Mbuyane uh, to use as a time of finalizing our discussion. Thank you very much, Mbati. Six seconds. There's oh. no minutes left. I am timing. When you see my face, you see you here now. It's dismissing you. When you see my face appearing, you must know you have one minute left. Okay. Uh, I will do that all the time to all the speakers. When it's one minute left, I'll bring my face on. Thanks very much. We now move uh, to the next speaker from the DA, the Honorable McPherson. House Chairperson, the Department of Trade, Industry and Competition 
has become the department of master plans. There's the master plan or the prospect of a master plan for every economic problem that exists in South Africa. They are hypnotic in their promise of prosperity and the minister and his deputies are their three-piece band, playing a seductive tune of vision and success, but they can only last so long or until the lights go out. Our country has seen it all, and many a snag oil salesman has come before us with wizardry and illusions. RDP, GEAR, Esquisa, the Nine Point Plan, Operation Pakisa, the NDP, the Economic Reconstruction Plan, and now the Master Plan. However, we are told that this form of plan is different. It's the plan of all plans, a plan so divine and inspired, it could only come of, from on high, and therefore it is the one that will finally work. We just need to give it a little bit more time and a lot more money, because trillions of rands and 27 years later haven't quite been enough. But let me tell you, honorable members, it is a plan that leads to nowhere. And what does the ANC have to show for all of these plans? Record unemployment, record inequality for black South Africans, record poverty levels for black South Africans, record malnutrition amongst black children. And if you want to understand what the net result of all of these plans have been since 1994, it's the simple truth that life is getting worse for all South Africans and black South Africans particularly. And don't take my word for it, let me tell you the story of Sandile Mkwanazi, a young black wine farmer in the Western Cape. A year ago, he predicted his business would collapse, and not because of COVID-19, but because of the ridiculous alcohol bans this government enforced because they stole all the money that was meant to build up the healthcare system. He simply couldn't get rid of the 35,000 bottles of wine that he was ready to sell. And along with uh, Mkwanazi, another 25 black and colored farm workers lost their jobs. There was no plan to save Sandile. And think about this, BE and then triple BWE have been around for two decades. Flagship plans of government and which, has, which sought to reduce inequality and create jobs for black South Africans. And it's done exactly the opposite. It has made black South Africans more unequal because BE has only so, sought to put more money in the hands of the politically connected at the expense of ordinary black South Africans. And what has the ANC's response been? Well, President Ramaphosa said we need to intensify BE. That should really do it. He's also a big fan of the Black Industrialist Program, another plan, of course, which has seen money funneled to the ANC's most faithful. Another plan is that of localization, much spoken about but little understood. It's the new buzzword in cabinet these days, much like the fourth industrial revolution was in 2019. Don't you remember how ANC speaker after ANC speaker used to say the phrase in the hope that it would magically bring it about? Well, well, now we have localization. If we say it enough times and designate enough products, then surely it will just happen. And that's according to the Minister of Small Business, who recommended to Minister Patel that he designates a thousand products for 100% local content, including wedding dresses, cat and dog food, electrical appliance, sexual enhancing boosters, not sure why, and other bizarre things. And this is utterly madness and the type of logic which will only drive up costs uh, through the roof. Just yesterday, Intellidex released a report that said localization is only possible under certain conditions, and they include, most importantly, policy certainty 
to ensure production pipeline continuity, which is next to impossible with this government. They further warned that this could lead to price increases of up to 20%. For the last two years, I've warned against the anti-competitive practice of tariff protection, which is much loved by the minister and which only leads to price increases. The poultry industry is a great example because multi-billion rand JC listed companies have managed to extract huge tariff increases on imported chicken, of which we have to import because we don't produce enough. Uh, and local chicken prices have been rapidly increasing. Just this morning, Astral said, and I quote, I think there's some headroom to move up prices over the next few months. More pain for more South Africans. And any guess how government will, is going to fix this? Well, you guessed it right, a master plan, just what we need. Steel prices have soared over the last few years, while big monopolies continue to receive tariff, tariff protection because they're unwilling to modernize and compete with open market. What's the solution? Another plan, of course, the steel master plan. And no, that's not an ANC book on how to crook the country. So what's the solution? Well, for starters, we need the government to stop messing around and start vaccinating people. It's not good enough to vaccinate 7,000 people a day. Most of you in this budget vote won't be long, will be long gone by the time your name gets called up if we continue at this rate. We simply can't afford to have an economy limping along because of ANC state incompetence. Secondly, we need to stop picking winners and losers in the economy, whether it be sugarcane, poultry, steel, autos, clothing and textiles. We don't need master plans. We need coherent government policy that drives competition, lowers costs and broaden market access. But in order to do that, we need this government to decide what it wants. It, needs to be, it either wants to be an inward, protectionist-focused economy or one that is outward-focused to compete internationally. We need to be an economy that is for the many and not for the politically connected under the guise of BE and the Black Industrialist Program. We don't need economic reservations for those who are already fabulously rich. We need government entities to treat everybody fairly and stop propping up state monopolies. The Competition Commission has no problem with monopolies like SAA, ESCOM, and now the Post Office trying to snuff out competition on small packages. Honorable members, the choice really is ours. We can continue on a plan to nowhere, or we can choose a plan to prosperity. But I assure you that the latter won't come from this government or this minister. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Honorable McPherson. We now move to the EFF. I don't have a name, but the speaker may proceed. Thank you so much, Honorable Chairperson. Um, I will be doing this um, uh, speech on the budget vote. Um, the EFF, uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. The EFF rejects this trade industry and competition budget vote. And we do so knowing that South Africa has no industries. We are nothing but an assembly hub of other people's products and exporters of mineral resources. The current Minister of Trade, Industry and Competition has spent the last 10 years as Minister of Economic Development, selling myth, fairy tales and wishful thinking about an economy that does not exist. For the last 10 years, he was Minister of Economic Development. The economy declined from more than 3% annual growth to now just over 1% even though much of this was a result of financialization. To now be deployed to trade in industry is subjecting us to more myth, more fairy tales, and more wishful thinking 
about some of the manufacturing that does not exist. We've already begun to see some of, some of this myth-making spoken with a forked tongue. It doesn't take long, it didn't take long for the minister to imagine manufacturing of some 20,000 ventilators for COVID-19 that he didn't tell us where they were manufactured, where they were manufactured, who manufactured them, and which health facilities these ventilators were distributed to. We should not repeat our failures of the last 10 years wherein we allowed the minister, through the figment of his imagination, to continue saying things that have no practicality. Since his appointment as Minister of Trade, Industry and Competition, manufacturing has lost more than 269,000 jobs. And to this date, there are still no believable, practical or implementable plans to respond to this bloodbath. All divisions of manufacturing, basic iron and steel, non-ferrous metal products, metal products and machinery, wood and wood products, paper, rubber, plastic products, publishing and printing have all consistently experienced negative growth. The minister keeps saying that there are industrial activities in South Africa, industrial activities that only exist in his imagination. Nothing supports this herbis. South Africa continues to export the majority of the finished products to Spa, ShopRite, Pick and Pay, Boxer, and many other shelf space that exist in this country. We have premiers and MECs who think agro-processing is industries and manufacturing. That is the level of incompetence that we are subjected to, while our people remain in abject poverty. Our people are jobless, our people are landless, and continue to watch as their minerals are shipped somewhere else to be processed. They continue to have no creation of jobs and no finished products. While we continue to export the very same finished products at a high price, we don't feature anyway in the global value chain. South Africa continues to export the majority of finished products while manufacturing continues to collapse. To blame COVID-19 is simply foolish and hiding behind clear curtains. It was the EFF who said to the ring. participation of black people, not some BE schemes divorced from the manufacturing of finished products and real, on real ownership. Instead, we have here a minister who's obsessed and has gone out of his way, including ignoring legislation to want to manipulate the process to appoint a chairperson to corruptly award the, license, the lottery license to his friends in the HCI and Remgro, who donated money to CR17. Minister Patel initially wanted to handpick and impose his preferred chairperson without involving parliament. So on the 16th of November, 2020, Minister Patel wrote to the Speaker of National Assembly, Tandem, um, Minister, um, the Speaker, Honorable Tandi Modise, to demand that the National Assembly recommend one name out of the three names he picked. He had handpicked Tulima Donzella, Frank Shikane, and Barney Bidyar all of whom are part of, CR, of the CR17 faction and who would be willing to award the lottery license corruptly to HCI and Rembro. We had to stop this madness and we'll continue to oversee this process to ensure that no illegitimate chairperson is appointed to the National Lotteries Board to advance corruption, not under our watch. Thank you very much, Speaker.
Thank you very much, uh, Mamiaku. Uh, the IFP is next. The name I have is Honorable Kebekulu, but uh, I don't see Honorable Inkosi Kebekulu uh, on this. Um, I'm, I'm here, um, Honorable Speaker, Honorable Nguman. Okay, Chair. thank you. And please, no. next time, all members who are changing, please inform the NA table so that uh, we are able to call the correct person. No problem. Continue, Honorable Ngomalo. Uh, thanks, Chair. Apologies, uh, Chair. Um, we, we meet under difficult circumstances, Chair, brought by the economic decline as a result of the pandemic and other issues that affected the economy long before the outbreak of COVID-19. Now, as the IFP, we reiterated that substantiate, sustainable economic growth will only come from growing our industries and giving them all liberal environment to participate in the economy. We need to give them support. They need, a, they need and the protection they require through this department. We must take advantage of the African, African Continental Trade Area Agreement to enhance our exports and global competitiveness. We note that this budget provides for industrial and infrastructure financing. It also seeks to advance or enhance the regulation for competition for the benefit of our industries. Our, our industries will strive only if we finance them and if we improve the infrastructure on which they deepen, they depend on. They also need to protect off of the robust legal framework for detecting the ending unlawful competition this required a fine balance. We recognize that as part of the global community, we need to strengthen trade and also investment within our region, Africa and globally. However, this will not be done at the expense of our industries on which our youth depend on for employment. If we become a consumer nation, we will not only have industries, but at this department will be unnecessary. As such, we need to, we need to be innovative and innovate strategies to drive the economic transformation and increase youth participation in the industry, in the, in the, in the industrialization. Our economy must transform and empower our people. For this to happen, we need innovative solutions to economic and financial exclusion. We also need to create the right framework for the business. Among other things, we need to lower taxes to make doing business easier for South Africa and South Africans. We should improve, South, we should improve sectors that support industry and trade, such as education sector and labor, to ensure that these sectors support reindustrialization. Meaningful growth can only come from diversifying our manufacturing sector. We should ensure that we produce as much as we can and export as much as possible. To do this, we must return to manufacturing, which is the basis of reindustrialization. We must set up industries for the goods that we need to deliver for the full potential of the 4IR. Thus, our manufacturing and industrialization strategy must be driven by the, by the technological needs of the day. It must accommodate the needs of the future through innovation. We do accept and support this um, project, uh, Honorable Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Numalo. We proceed to the speaker from the FF Plus, Honorable Mulder. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. The Freedom Front Plus welcomes the recognition of Honorable Minister Patel on the impact that poor governance, corruption and state capture has on industrialization. 
Besides the usual emphasis on the domestically inequitable economy due to former discriminatory policies and structural challenges to growth, which is always included in the reports of all states departments, the Freedom Front inquired in the committee whether a third focus area should not be added with specific reference to poor governance, state capture and corruption as impediments in achieving its industrial goals. As example, the research commissioned by the Honorable Minister in 2017, which had been presented to the government on the impact of corruption in infrastructure development, procurement concluded that based on an assumption of 10% of overpayment on infrastructure contracts as a result of corruption, it would have cost the government 1 billion rand from the GDP per year. Achbare voorzitter, Die vier plus verwelkom die departementse program om plaaslike en streeksproduksie te stimuleer om ook daardoor industrialisering in Zuid-Afrika te bevorder. Maar hierdie streeks-ekonomiese ontwikkeling steen zwaar op die veronderstelling dat de streeksmunicipaliteite en plaaslike regering die departementse ekonomische groeiplan plaaslik moet kan ondersteun, terwijl het in werkelijkheid nie gaan realiseer. Dood gewoon omdat plaaslike regering in Zuid-Afrika reeds gevaal het. Die onvermoeien van provinciale en plaatselijke regering om padnetwerken, waterriolering en elektriciteit te voorzien belemmer dus die beplanning van die departement om die plaatselijke economische ontwikkeling van vooral klein medium ondernemings te stimuleren in werksgeleentheden te skip. Minder municipaliteiten onder ANC-beheer na die 20, oktober 2021 plaatselijke overheidsverkiezing kan die situatie verbeteren. House Chair, the Department as custodian of broad-based Black Economic Impound Regulatory Framework will not be able to build an inclusive economy and broaden participation where all South Africans are empowered as long as certain undesignated groups are being excluded by Triple B and Exclusive Black as well as the Exclusive Black Industrialist Program. Broad-based economic empowerment will only succeed if broad-based South African economic growth succeed and the mere redistribution of resources will result in a redistribution of poverty. Any program on the South African government in the Department of Trade, Industry and Competition to grow the South African economy that is not based on healthy business principles will most certainly result in a welfare program heavily subsidized by already heavily burdened taxpayers. Honorable House Chair, is further a real concern that more has now to be achieved with an allocated budget for the department that merely increased by 0.7% in real terms and is expected to decrease in the real terms in the next financial year as well. The implementation of the COVID-19 regulations appear to have been overzealous resulting in a negative impact on the economy, especially for the liquor and tobacco industries and the upstream and downstream value change. Chair, the department has 16 entities and of these entities, only four are self-funded. The South African Bureau of Standards has been under administration since 2018 and the three-year turnaround plan has failed. Chair, the Freedom Front Plus cannot support vote 39. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Mulder. We now move uh, to the next speaker, the Honorable, the Deputy Minister of Trade and Industry and Competition, Honorable Megina. 
Mm. House Chair, Minister Patel, Deputy Minister Majola, Honorable Members of Parliament, more specifically of the Portfolio Committees, fellow South Africans. Chair, allow me to first uh, quote uh, one of the outstanding and renowned motivational speakers uh, by the name of Mugan Halauka, who was specializing in, 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 in motivating the grieving mothers who once said, it is understood that the beauty of a rainbow does not negate the ravages of any storm. When a rainbow appears, it does not mean the storm never happened or that you are not still dealing with the aftermath. It means that something beautiful and full of light has appeared in the midst of the darkness and clouds. Storm clouds may still hover, but the rainbow provides the counterbalance of color, energy, and hope. I close quote. Chairperson, we all know that 2020 has been a challenging year for the world. The massive losses of life through pandemic and the economy almost grinding to a halt was the worst experience that the world had to navigate. We are still grappling with the reality that many companies and even worse, the SMMEs, which were the hardest hit by the hard lockdown are facing liquidity challenges, if not at the edge of insolvency. The global headwinds associated with the disruption of supply chains plunged our economy into an off balance, but its overall resilience from total collapse represented glimpse of hope as we charged a path forward in the, in the fixing of our economy within the context of the Economic Reconstruction and Recovery Plan, the ERRP. Uh, as I've said, Haluga would have said when he refers to the ERP that the ERP does not negate the, the rivages of any storm but the appearance of the rainbow does not mean that the storm is over, that we are not dealing with its aftermath. It still means something beautiful and full of light and hope will appear in the midst of darkness of the cloud. Honorable members, we are here today to commit that we are geared towards coordination of the reset button for our economy to close it back to the sustainable pedestal. We commit ourselves that the reindustrialization, protection of vulnerable sectors against the global vicissitudes, whilst locating localization at the core of our policy objectives, will inform our forward-looking approach. We invited the nation into navigating with us this minefield and travel with us in this path as we seek to reconstruct and make substantive recovery measured from what has been lost as a result of COVID-19 throughout the economy. Small business and small, small medium enterprises, which represent the largest employer experiencing and have experienced the devastating effects of COVID-19. For those SMMEs that are 100% black owned, the picture is even worse because of their fragility. The strategic implication of this is the fact that there is going to be a reversal of the strides that we have had covered over the last 20 years as government in our deliberate effort uh, 
made in building the Black-owned companies. Post-COVID, Black-owned companies will be in a difficult conundrum because they have fragile balance sheets with no collateral to assist them in assessing credit, even in times where government had cut the base for lending rate. There is also a real danger that because of liquidity challenges, more and more of triple BE uh, level one companies may face closures and, and or be forced to sell their large percentage shareholding to non-black companies, thereby losing their triple e, their triple B is a 100% ownership uh, to avoid insolvency. We are concerned about this reality because it represents a fundamental reversal of the very foundations of the objectives of the triple BE and the transformation policy uh, instrument for our economy. Uh, the Triple B Commission last year released a report on the state of women progress in the ownership in enterprises referred to as the National Status Report on Triple B. It is with absurdity that in terms of the report, management control and ownership scorecard for women are still far below acceptable levels in terms of companies' agenda for inclusion. Majority of women still don't sit in companies' board where decisions and votes are made yet having shares. This is evident even when they have 50% shareholding, uh, they have 50% shareholding or above. We must make it our campaign as leaders, we must it a campaign as members of parliament to discourage uh, 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 this and discourage the norm that women must accept the silent control in their company decision-making. And it must be our campaign again that as women, we call upon everyone to say there must be nothing without us as we make sure that we put the women up there when it comes to the ownership of companies and them playing a vital role in the economy of our country. Triple BE remains a very critical policy instrument for redressing the racially imbalanced economy and also on the basis of agenda. And it is very much helpful to hear a member like a Honorable Mark Fassin was taking, talking ill of Triple BE, not recognizing the role that it is that Triple BE is playing in making sure that when it comes to Blacks, we do put them in the core and the center of the growth of our economy in our country. And it makes me wonder as to say, when it comes to the issues of Black, are they only good when it comes to vote, but when it comes to putting them up there to play a vital role in the economy, that is where we look down upon the policies that are meant to do that. Shepherdson, President Cesar Ramaphosa directed us through his announcement of a new approach on the industrial policy, which is a reimagined industrial policy plan. This policy plan is anchored on the sector-specific growth approach with clear measurable targets. It is within this context that we must understand the DTIC leadership working with sectoral uh, industries in establishing sectoral plans. Uh, industries' commitments to the imperatives of the master plans is critical for us as it is an important element for our approach when it comes to localization. Again, Chairperson, 
What is good about these master plans is the fact that they are mutually negotiated between the industry, government, and labor. The targets for the sector growth and reindustrialization are made clear by all parties. Everyone is playing a role in making sure that when it comes to the approach that these master plans are coming up with, they are there to make sure that they level the playing field in these sectors and making sure that all those companies that are still growing, they get the necessary assistance for them to thrive in the economy that is weak as we are having. Again, it is said to hear the likes of Honorable McPherson rubbishing the master plans without even giving an alternative policy option as to say with the good initiative that has been put in place, what is it then if he rubbishes what is there? When else we see all the real players, the stakeholders, making sure that when it comes to the master plans, they play a vital role and they make sure that when it comes to these industries, there is something that they're doing to make sure that they revitalize and they make sure that when it comes to economy, they build the economy within those uh, sectors that they're coming with. Allow me then, uh, Chairperson, to make a very few examples of the master plans that we are having. Let me talk to the master plan uh, on furniture. We have seen that about two decades now, the furniture industry has been under severe strain as a result of the impact of deregulation and opening up of the economy. Uh, with the master plan in place and the commitments of all the role players, we see this sector being able to be revitalized and the economy is going to be growing when it comes to that. We have got quite a number of master plans, Chairperson, uh, uh, that I would have loved to talk to, but I know that the time will totally be against me. Again, Chairperson, when it comes to the SCZ, yes, I totally agree. As the government, we are doing a lot when it comes to SCZ and also the revitalization of the industrial parks when it comes to our township and the rural areas of which the department is working very well when it comes to that. And there's so much that work that is done and more especially on the building of the digital hubs where we see them as a central point of technology to promote innovation and to facilitate the creative business around these regions. And the, gov the, the Department of, uh, of, 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 of the DTIC is working uh, sleeplessly when it comes to that. Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Minister. Unfortunately, your time has expired. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we now move, as I hand over to my colleague, Honorable Lesuma, we move to Honorable Thring of the ACDP. <clears throat> Proceed, Honorable Thring. Honorable House Chairperson, the ACDP noting that 50% of the DTI budget for 2021-22 is allocated to industrial financing, calls for extra fiduciary measures and fail-safes to be put in place to safeguard how the 4.87 billion allocated in the DTIC budget is dispersed and utilized. Industrial development is a key driver of employment and economic growth. This sector cannot be allowed to fail through fraud, corruption, and incompetence. South Africa has had one of the hardest lockdowns in the world, and the ACDP warned of the harsh economic price our citizens would have to pay through increased job losses and income declines. 
The ACDP now calls for increased assistance to be given to small businesses and NPOs, particularly those NPOs linked to employment creation. This assistance need not be limited to financial, but more importantly, assisting our SMMEs and NGOs to increase their skill and business acumen. High unemployment and scarce new job opportunities have already been identified as major impediments to economic growth before the advent of the pandemic. At that stage, measures suggested by government departments were insufficient to stimulate the economy. And so now more than ever, the ACDP believes that it is necessary to protect property rights within existing constitutional provisions and reduce the unnecessary red tape to ensure the ease of starting businesses. It is imperative that the department continues to innovate and to leverage on the AFCFTA, utilizing our competitive and comparative advantages. Clearly, our economy is in need of stimulation. And so we must increase our level of industrialization, incorporating the aspects of beneficiation and localization and not just pay lip service to it. If we do, we relegate South Africa to the status of consumers of imported finished goods and exporters of raw materials in perpetuity. There is a need to stimulate and re the recovery of the industries such as travel and hospitality, hardest hit by the lockdown, as well as the many SMMEs struggling to survive. In this light, the ACDP suggests that we grow our domestic markets to support local manufacturing output, creating more beneficiary refining sites to maintain resource value chains within South Africa, that we reduce our reliance on supply chains from vulnerable countries and revisit business models and risk strategies to improve resilience. The ACDP also suggests that we give free data to all new startups and SMMEs for at least one year. Finally, we must prioritize education and skills development priority to and offer training in new skills for people who have been retrenched. I thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable House Chair Porotto. Uh, thank you, Honorable Member. Now I recognize member from UTM, UTM member. I don't have the name on my platform here. UTM. We will move honorable members. Now I recognize honorable V Zungula. Thank you, Chairperson. I'd like to congratulate Ms. Ntabelen Dikotsi and her partners in breaking barriers and being the first black women in South Africa to own a mutual bank. In recent months, we've witnessed how competent Black professionals like Ms. Basani Maluleke and Mr. Daniel Mnimele have been systematically removed at the helm of South Africa's banking institutions. 27 years into democracy, we still have racist banking practices because Black people in particular are charged higher interest rates, denied housing bonds, and subjected to many financial atrocities worse than the rent-fixing scandal that no one got charged for. The South African banking sector is almighty and powerful. It closes bank accounts at will, and it is used as a tool to fight political battles. The Competition Commission must rein in on the sector, and no consumer must be victimized by the banking sector because of their political views. The closure of the Democracy in Action's bank accounts for no reason, whereas Marcus Yoster's bank accounts were never closed, displays the open racism in the sector. It is a reality majority of our economic sectors are closed for a few players, and there are barriers to entering the banking 
construction, insurance, medical, and all other sectors by laws and practices designed to keep the African majority away from the mainstream economy. The South African economy requires radical transformation. The dominance of the mainstream economy in key industries by a few big businesses is regressive. The reason why data is expensive is because the three main players who control 96% of the subscriber base. This is the case with many other industries where there is a dominance of a few big companies. There needs to be a clear program to break down the oligopolies by policy and legislative interventions. Artisans in the rural areas must be enabled to produce goods for the local markets, tailors to supply uniform for the local markets. There are many other economic interventions that could be done to open up the economy in order to have more players and more people benefiting from local markets instead of the dominance by few big companies as that breeds poverty, unemployment and inequality. The fact that NEF is not receiving any funding from the government is the clearest sign that the government is paying lip service to the development of black entrepreneurs. ATM calls for the revoking of the BE accreditation of ITC because it crowds out black entrepreneurs in substantial deals and delays transformation. Lastly, the Competition Commission must be given more power to charge and prosecute companies who collude in inflate prices, particularly during a pandemic. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. Now I recognize Honorable N.E. Mutawung from the ANC. Thank you, House Chair. As we gathered here today, let me take this opportunity to recognize and affirm all women, youth, and people with disability of this country, Black in particular, who carry us as a nation amidst the dire circumstances of poverty they find themselves in. As African National Congress, we recognize the immense difficulties faced by these marginalized groups in our country as a result of the past injustice which occurred on the basis of race, class, and gender inequality. The ANC supports the work of the department through its entities, the National Empowerment Fund, which seeks to facilitate economic participation of Black people by providing financial and non-financial support to Black women, small Black-owned enterprises, Black industrialists, rural communities, and townships. The National Empowerment Fund's mandate, which was developed by this government in support of its people, is to provide finance to businesses established and managed by Black women and youth. Invest in Black empowered businesses that have a potential to create jobs. Support for townships and rural economies in all provinces. Promote a culture of saving, saving investment and meaningful economic participation by Black people. The NEF specific program to support targeted groups such as that Women Empowerment Fund is a fund to, which supports businesses that are more than 50% owned and managed by Black women. Rural and Community Development Fund is a fund which supports the development and growth of 
a rural economy in rural communities. Over 2.1 billion has been provided by the NEF to support of entities in rural and township economies. Imbeu Fund is a support to a new businesses and provide capital for the expansion of a small enterprises since its inception. NEF has provided funding of over 1.6 billion into a support of 454 small and medium enterprises. Umnoto provide capital for expansion of businesses, the buying of shares in white-owned businesses, or funding new ventures. In 2018 State of the Nation Address, President Cyril Ramaphosa stated the following, open quote, through measures like preferential procurement and the Black Industrialist Program, we are developing a new generation of Black and women producers that are able to build enterprises of significant scale and capabilities." Close quote. The ANC is encouraged that the department and its entities continue to support the Black Industrialist Program through the Black Industrialist Scheme, which aimed to create new manufacturing capacity. The ANC applauds the department's progress in funding Black Industrialist Program, in which 20% of the approved companies had more than 50% Black female-owned ownership, and 7% of the companies have been had more than 50% youth ownership. Furthermore, since the program started, the NEF funded 24 projects to the value of 900 million. As a result, 3,600 jobs have been created. COVID-19 pandemic had, had made South Africans challenge of a low economic growth, high unemployment, poverty and inequality worse. Therefore, we need to rebuild our country and set it on a new growth path through implementing the measures set out in, in economic reconstruction and recovery plan. In the engagement with the department on the work it aims to do for 2021-2022 through its budget, the ANC was encouraged to learn that the department is developing monitoring system of localization. The committee has dealt with this matter in the fifth parliament, buying locally produced goods was a challenge. There were certain goods departments did not apply with the legislation to buy certain local produced products. Creating a monitoring mechanism is welcomed, as well as the renewed focus localization, which is evident. Its focus on all programs through the joint key performance indicators is welcomed. The ANC support the vote the denying. I thank you, House Chair. Thank you, Honorable Mdawum. Now I recognize Honorable uh, Imam Sheikh 
Sheikh Imam NFP. Thank you. Thank you, NFP. Thank you very much, Charles Chair. Thank you for the opportunity. Let me start off by saying, you know, Minister, I must give credit to whoever prepared your speech because I think they are really good at what they do. Uh, the question is, how do you convert what is in your speech to reality? And yes, we've been hearing a hell of a lot in the last couple of years. And for a long time, we've been blaming apartheid. And now we are not sure how long more we are going to blame COVID-19 for the failures in the country. One of the only countries in the world, 27 years later into democracy, that we still have to put in measures like BEE -E and BBEE -E -E to ensure that those that have been deprived for decades or centuries in this country get an opportunity or get an equal opportunity uh, uh, where the majority of the people are governing and the majority is looking to put additional measures of this nature. So really it is a matter for concern. But having said that, now the National Freedom Party will support the budget both uh, tabled here today. We are not satisfied that we believe that enough has been done in terms of boosting the economy. You talk about localization, and yes, that is, will go a long way in boosting the economy. However, if you continue with the cheap imports into the country and the negative impact it has, particularly on the manufacturing industry, then clearly I'm not sure that we're going to be able to achieve what we're looking for in terms of the beautiful speech that you had read out. 27 years later, Honorable uh, uh, Chairperson, you'd find that a few people still own the economy in South Africa. Prices in South Africa, in the automotive industry, in the wholesale retail, in the food sector, uh, in the airline industry, if, if one really looks deep into it, one would find how these prices are controlled to such an extent and the monopoly that some of these big business uh, in South Africa. Now, I know that many of the uh, deputy minister and others are talking about the benefits of BEE. It has only benefited about 17,500 millioners that were created, but the 59.5 million other people in South Africa have not benefited. So clearly we need to look at what we need differently so that it could benefit. Let's talk very quickly about the banks. If the bank uh, and the loan system, that uh, the system that was supposed to be provided to small business, the conditions were so stringent, Chairperson, that, uh, you know, people did not even take on the offer. Now, this is where I think the department needs to come here to give greater assistance to small businesses because this is the lifeblood of the economy and this is where you can create most of the jobs. Now, Thank you. you know, we must... Thank you very much, Honorable Member. Now I recognize Deputy Minister FZ Majola. Over to you, Deputy Minister. Honorable House Chair, Minister Patel, Deputy Minister Gena, Honorable Members, Leader of Business and Labor, distinguished guests. Today, we have an opportunity to reflect on how far we have come since the onset of the pandemic, COVID-19, which forced us to declare a national state of disaster in March 2020. The pandemic has compelled us to constantly search for new ways to navigate the challenging circumstances confronting us in order to save lives and livelihoods. 
We have demonstrated our resilience as a nation, our collective efforts as we continuously defy the consequences of devastating pandemic have shaped how our economy responds. In this regard, we would like to acknowledge the sterling leadership of President Ramaphosa in our, our combined national effort against the pandemic. Honorable members, as I begin, I would like to borrow from the words of one of the greatest and true sons of our beloved continent, Kwame Nkrumah, when he said, it is clear that we must find an African solution to our problems and that this can only be found in African unity. Divided, we are weak. United, Africa could become one of the greatest forces for good in the world, close quote. We recall these wise words because of the daunting task currently facing our continent, the creation of the African Continental Free Trade Area, the AFCFTA, which I shall return to later. The economic reconstruction and recovery plan driven by the master, by the reimagined industrial strategy places emphasis on master plans as key drivers to attract investment, build capable local industries and create jobs. The completed and signed master plans signal the collective commitment of all social matters in social partners in ensuring success in their respective industries. The process to finalize more master plans is currently underway. The steel and metal fabrication master plan is now completed. This master plan will guide the stabilization and progress of the industry. Guided by the objectives of the steel master plan, the Prime Minister Gina and I have initiated a process to work with critical stakeholders in the West Coast to revive the industry. The automotive master plan commits to double production from 600 to cars, 1.2 million cars, and double employment in the automotive value chain from 112,000 in 2015 to 224,000. Following the adoption of the poultry master plan in 2019, we are seeing positive developments towards increasing localization. In this regard, additional 1 million beds were produced per week in 2020, growth of 5% in volume and we have seen the reduction of total value of imports by 17% in 2020 compared to 2019. The Tuani Automotive Special Economic Zone is a launch pad towards developing Tuani as the first automotive city in the African continent. This project has surpassed government's localization policy imperatives and has empowered 45% local businesses in the con construction phase qualifying it as a model project for localization. Since 2014, localization has been a key component of government economic policy to build and protect local industrial capacity. Honorable members, government continues to enhance its integrated approach through integrated planning and implementation at a local space in order to achieve high level impacts in line with the district development model. As the DTIC, we are working together with the Houghton Provincial Government and Sidibane District Municipality to integrate all the potential economic development activities that will underpin the sustainability of the new district development model and achieve the reversal of deindustrialization. We aim to achieve this through the collective efforts of national government, the private sector, SOEs and universities to direct infrastructure initiatives 
and human capital development in Asia. Through this collaborative efforts of the three spheres of government in the Western Corridor, we are making progress in diversifying the Western economy from reliance on mining to include bus manufacturing, agri-processing, and agribusiness, renewable energy, and tourism. Similar initiatives are underway in other provinces. We are taking steps to raise the profile of Black Industries program as part of our overall transformation objectives. The Black Industrialist Scheme addresses the low representation of Black industrialists with majority ownership and provides the support they need to transform their organizations into viable, sustainable enterprises that addresses the twin national priorities of local economic development and economic inclusivity. The BIS incentive invested more than 4 billion rand in projects owned by black industrialists, about 20% of which were accessed by female industrialists. To illustrate the success of this scheme, let me highlight one of the support black industrialists by the DTIC in this period, the Toronto Group. The group will manufacture charcoal for the export market and has also activated carbon for water treatment and purification. Construction of the facility is 55% complete and the project is scheduled to, to go live by August, September 2021. All procurement during construction has been 100% local, 30% from black suppliers. In terms of the need to advance the quest to inclusive growth, across our economy. We acknowledge the catalytic role the National Empowerment Fund has championed as the agency of government mandated to grow meaningful black economic participation. Government is pleased with the strides the National Empowerment Fund has made in attracting over 8.8 .8 billion rand in third party funding, demonstrating the entity's capacity as a catalyst for unlocking economic data. Honorable members, let me focus on the achievements we have made on the negotiations and implementation of the African continental free trade area over the last 12 months. And I will also touch on what remains to be done. The AFCFTA brings us a step closer to realize the historic vision of integrated market in Africa and creating a basis for increasing intra-African trade. There is general concern that Africa's share of world trade is small, estimated at 3%. Interregional trade is also relatively small, between 16 and 18, and 18%, compared to intra-Asian trade at 52%, inter-North American trade at 50%, and intra-EU trade at 70%. The COVID-19 pandemic in March 2020 disrupted our work program. However, Negotiations restarted in September 2020 with South Africa chairing the meetings. There was an intensive process leading to the 5 December 2020 summit. The summit took account that AU member states are at different stages of readiness of to operationalize preferential trade. To date, agreement on the rules of origin has reached 80% of all tariff lines. The 5 December 2020 summit provided the legal framework to allow AU members, customs unions to agree to operationalize preferential trade amongst them in a somewhat flexible manner. The process of assessing and, ver and verifying tariff offers is currently underway. To date, 36 countries 
have submitted their instrument of ratification. In parallel, negotiations are ongoing on rules of origin and working towards increasing the tariff offers from the current day to six to 90%. We hope to complete this work by June, 2021. Honorable members, during 2020, South Africa exported 11.6 billion of goods to the rest of, of Africa. A recent study by the World Bank estimated that when implemented effectively, by 2035, the AFCFTA is said to leave 20 million Africans out of extreme poverty and 70 million moderate poverty. The remarkable progress would not have been achieved without the unwavering leadership and commitment of member states across the continent, including our own country. South Africa chaired the African Ministers of Trade since September 2020 and was vice chair of the Council of Ministers from November 2019 and chaired the structure since January 2021. Very soon, we will be commemorating and acknowledging the successes of the African Union. I would like to pay homage to one of Africa's true sons, the man who made widely, was widely known as Mualimu, Julius Nyerere. As Africans, we should remember his wise words when he said, unity will not make us rich, but it can make it difficult for Africa and African peoples to be disregarded and humiliated. My generation led Africa to political freedom. The current generation of leaders and peoples of Africa must pick up the flickering torch of African freedom, refuel it with their determination and enthusiasm, and carry it forward. Honorable Chairperson, as I conclude, let me join Deputy Minister Gaynor in appreciating the guidance of Minister Patel, the support of our team of officials, and lastly, extend our gratitude to the former Director General, Mr. Lionel October. As I conclude, Honorable Chair. Thank you, Honorable thank, PM. Your time is up. Thanks. Thanks very much, uh, Honorable uh, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Now I recognize Honorable PZB Namashe from the ANC. Uh, Honorable Chairperson, uh, Honorable Minister, Deputy Ministers, and Honorable Members, fellow South Africans. Indeed, uh, as the African National Congress, we support budget vote 39 on trade, industry, and competition. Honorable Chair, in the State of the Nation Address uh, 2021, the President highlighted two pertinent key strategic focal areas amongst others, namely one, accelerating economic recovery and two, inclusive economic reforms to drive inclusive growth. As some of the key priorities for the country. The Portfolio Committee on Trade, Industry and Competition will oversee the Department on Trade, Industry and Competition a contribution towards achieving these priorities using tools such as master plans and international trade. In respect of master plans, a chair, one, the government is determined to implement the measures that it had put in place for the implementation of the industrial strategy 
that will fundamentally, after the economic structure, alter the economic structure and grow South African economy. And secondly, the growth of the South African economy will result in a reduction in unemployment, inequality, and poverty. Thirdly, as the African National Congress, we have engaged the Department of Trade, Industry, and Competition on the work it plans to do for the financial year, for which this budget is allocated with particular interest in the productive sectors of the economy. And these include one, industrial uh, sugar industry, on which approximately 20,200 sugarcane growers of KwaZulu Natal depend, uh, 19,300 of whom are black growers. As the second one, the automotive industry, which directly employs over 110,000 people, mainly in the Eastern Cape, Ugombo, Nasekrebeh, Gauteng, and KwaZulu Natal, and contributes to over 320,000 indirect jobs. The, the, the last one, the retail clothing, textile, footwear, and leather sector, which employs approximately 212,000 people across the country. Chairperson, there are a few of the sectors in which the committee over this financial year aims to particularly oversee the implementation of measures that would ensure that jobs are retained and more job opportunities are created. We are therefore encouraged by the department's work, which has led to the development and implementation of the master plans for the cane and sugar value chain, retail clothing, textile, leather, and footwear, automotive, steel, and metal fabrication, furniture, and poultry sectors in collaboration with the private sector and workers. Honorable Chair, through the sugar industry master plan, for example, the issue of transformation will be addressed. The transformation target in this master plan is to ensure that ownership and participation by black farmers, black industrialists, black owned SMEs and workers include women, young people, and the disabled in the sugarcane-based value chain. In addition, Chair, jobs in the sugar industry will be retained because of this plan. In a recent engagement with the industry stakeholders, the committee was happy to learn that the implementation of the sugarcane industry master plan has started to bear fruits. The local demand for the sugarcane has improved all the stakeholders thanked this department for facilitating these master plans. I hope uh, Honorable McPherson is listening. Uh, Honorable Chair, in the master plans, priorities are transformation to ensure that the opportunities are created for growth for small, medium, and large enterprises alike, job creation, and the development of skills. In the poultry sector, uh, master plan. The DTIC has facilitated commitments by the private sector to increase jobs for over 4,500 
by the year 2023, improve productivity and worker development through investment in skills and support small-scale chicken farmers. Honorable Chair, the ANC welcomes the department welcomes that the department will further prioritize the development of master plans to assist the chemicals and plastic sectors, which is supported through the budget vote. The ANC in the committee will continue its role of overseeing the implementation of these master plans, given their critical importance to the development of our economy and job creation. Honorable Chair, on international trade, the, the, thank you, Honorable Member. Your time is up. Thank, thank you. you. Now I recognize Honorable Member from the AIC. AIC. Uh, now I recognize Member from Cope. 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 Now I, I recognize member from PAC. PAC, PAC. And now I recognize the member from Aljama. Honorable member Aljama. Now I recognize member from the DA. Honorable member. Cat over to you, sir. Thank you, Honorable House Chairperson. For the last 12 years, Minister Ibrahim Patel has formed part of government's Economic Brains Trust, first as the Minister of Economic Development and now as the Minister of Trade, Industry and Competition. To say these 12 years have been both underwhelming and uninspiring is a crass understatement. However, the body politics collective standards have dropped so significantly that one is considered to be doing a good job if they have not been directly implicated in an act of corruption or maladministration. For example, the Mail and Guardian in their annual cabinet report card have given Minister Patel subsequent B grades in both 2019 and 2020. In an interview with the Financial Mail during the middle of last year, his former union comrade, Johnny Copeland, described him as Apart from being absolutely clean, he is hardworking, industrious, and creative. He is a good listener and carries no big ego. In the same interview, editor of the Financial Mail, Rob Rose, stated that, clearly the notion of Patel as a hardline collectivist who'd nationalize your wallet if you left it on the table for long enough is misplaced. However, Honorable House Chair, I agree with the view of DA Chairperson of the Federal Council, Helen Ziller, who frames his persona more aptly. He's clever and he's not corrupt, which puts him in a very small league in the ANC, but he also believes in state control and state capacity. The point I'm making is that it's simply not good enough for a minister to not have his hand in the till or to possess relatively greater smarts than his counterpart in government. He needs to offer more than the same old rehashed statist economic worldview that died with the fall of the Berlin Wall on the 9th of November, 1989. We need innovative solutions to the industrial and trade policy problems we face as a country, and these are not forthcoming from the government benches. Despite the rhetoric he espouses when discussing the African continental free trade area, there is no true commitment to the market economy 
and the liberalization of trade and industry. When the DA proposed that the department looks into the feasibility of negotiating a free trade agreement with our BRICS counterpart, China, Minister Patel rebuffed this idea by stating that it would not be in South Africa's interest to have a free, free trade agreement with China, as we do not possess the same level of competitiveness or economies of scale. Then three questions arise as a result of this view. One, how does one become more competitive if you do not specialize and develop a comparative advantage? Two, do you prefer for our trade relations to be governed by a series of memorandums of understanding subject to non-disclosure where there is no recourse mechanism in place? And three, what is the purpose of the BRICS multilateral partnership if not to further our trade, in, in, trade and economic interests? Instead, we have sectoral master plans in the automotive, textile, poultry, and sugar industries, which hark back to the 13 five-year plans produced by Gosplan in Stalin's USSR. Moreover, his department's approach to the steel and scrap metal industry is quite literally an attempt to tax and tariff industries into profitability. When I questioned the rationale behind this lunacy in a portfolio committee meeting earlier this year, I was promptly told by the then Director General Lionel October that even Donald Trump thought it was important to retain a primary steel capability in his country. Therefore, we should too. How is that for irony? Citing a rampant xenophobe to justify one's trade policy, the statist left using the statist right as a justification for a failed policy choice. But it gets worse, Honorable House Chairperson. There are 13 industries, sectors, and subsectors that are designated for local production at specified levels of local content under the Preferential Procurement Policy Framework Act. While this may sound like a novel idea, it does not take into account price, product quality, or manufacturing costs, and can easily be subverted through malicious compliance, as we recently witnessed in the car powership deal. Humanity's greatest achievements have come off the back of liberal democracy in the market economy, not socialism and protectionism. This is well documented in all major areas of developmental concerns, such as poverty alleviation, healthcare, and literacy. Today, we need to reject the failed policies of protectionism and choose prosperity instead. History shows us that this is the right thing to do. Minister Patel's policies might have a rightful place in Mao Zedong's centrally planned China, or even in Favut's protectionist apartheid state, but not here not in a country that is an open and democratic society based on the principles of dignity, equality, and human rights. I thank you, Hartley. Now I recognize Honorable Mbuyane from the ANC. Honorable Mbuyane. Chairperson, thank you very much for the opportunity. I would like your indulgence, Chairperson. My video is not reflecting very well. Uh, I think if it can cut me in the process. Chairperson, uh, Oliver Tambo was we seek to create a, a united, democratic, and a non-racial society. We have a vision of South Africa in which black and white shall live and work together as equals in condition of peace and prosperity. Using the power you derive from the discovery of the truth about racialism in South Africa, you will help us remake our part of the world into a corner of truth of all in which of all human can be proud. 
Creating inclusive economy reforms to drive inclusive growth is one of the priorities of the country, as outlined in the 2021 State of the Nation Address. As a committee, we oversee the Department of Trade and Industry and Competition and its entity. Our role is to ensure that the department and its entity have and implement programs to support the achievement of inclusive growth in line with the mandate. I want us to, my, my, my comrade Mark Fessen, to follow me on this one on the DA. Economic inclusivity growth means that everyone, including Black people, women, youth, people living with disability and previous disadvantages, have opportunity to participate in an economic FDC that propel the country to a higher level of economic growth. Chairperson, the mandate of facilitating inclusive growth that create jobs through intervention and programs such as Black Industrialist Program, which support Black industrialists in the productive center of the economy, and the funding from the National Empowerment Fund, which facilitate Black economic participation by providing financial and non-financial support to Black-owned and managed business. Uh, DA, EFF, and ACTP. Inclusive economic growth has further facilitated the implementation of the broad-based economic empowerment legislation, which aims to change ownership and management structure of the South African economy to include Blacks, which were previously excluded from the economic activity. The Amendment Competition Act is also one of the tools that the TTIC uses to foster its inclusive economic participation by requiring the competition authority to consider the impact on worker ownership during match approval process. Therefore, the ANC support this program, as well as the DTIC process that ensure equity fairness in the provision of financial and non-financial support offered to business. The ANC also support the department progress on broadening participation through ownership, in particular, Facilitation of design and implementation of core ownership scheme uh, by private sector. Uh, Honorable Yaku, furthermore, the recent engagement with the department, the committee was informed of the impact that the COVID-19 pandemic has had on business and job, as well as what measures the department and its entity have taken to minimize the, the, the impact and revive the economy among the intervention implemented to assist the business. Consumer protection measures include the work of the Competition Commission and National Consumer Protection and Commission, work which protects consumers and business from unfair, excessive pricing, particular prices, essential goods, and such as mask food uh, during uh, the pandemic. Industrial Development Cooperation Essential Supply Intervention Program supported business in the manufacturing of essential goods, including N95 masks, surgical masks, hand sanitizers. The fund was allocated is 800 million. National Empowerment Fund's COVID Black Business Fund, which financed funding to Black business to manufacture and supply essential goods as masks, gloves, COVID-19 test kits, hospital equipment, and essential food uh, uh, to uh, the Black Business Fund. And uh, that created uh, amongst 1,466 jobs that were created by that fund. 
One of the many beneficiaries of the Black Business Fund is a black woman company in Philippe in Cape Town called Rise Uniform. The company originally was a manufacturer of, uh, of, of school and uniform. But because of the, uh, of the COVID, during the COVID-19 pandemic, the company has expanded and included mass in its production. In February 2020, before the pandemic, the economy went on oversight to visit the company and the entities, which the community saw how well from government can facilitate job creation by private sector. The ANC applauded in initiative that support black and small business that create jobs, particularly in township and rural areas. A quote by Karl Marx, the philosopher have only interpreted the world in various ways. The point is to change it. The ANC support this budget. Chairperson, uh, I think I have to deal with the issue of Honorable Mark Fessel, uh, the, uh, the DAMP, who is propagating their right-wing neoliberal economic policies that seeks to reverse the gain of our democracy uh, and the country. Uh, second, Chairperson, the president and the minister has provided detailed report on the replies in, in this house that names and the companies of, that are involved in manufacturing of ventilations and also the health facility. The EMF, they don't have economic plan that is transformative. They only have chaotic mediocrity and there's not based on any evident approach. That decision is not scientific. Chairperson, Triple B is the police of the government of the ANC. If anyone, including DA, they reject this, pol this policy, they have to win election before they come uh, with their neoliberal agendas of policies. Chairperson, thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you, honorable member. Uh, now I recognize the minister. Honorable minister, you had two minutes, so you will have six, six minutes for closing remarks. Over to you, honorable minister. Thank you very much, House uh, Chair. And um, let me first thank the speakers from the ANC, the IFP, and the NFP for the support for the DTIC budget. I also want to appreciate the support for industrialization and localization from the ANC, the IFP, the ATM, the ACDP, and the NFP. Honorable Nkosi spoke about a conducive investment environment to drive localization. Honorable Mumalo. Tring and Sheikh Imam spoke about how manufacturing is the basis of industrialization. Honorable Burns Ngamashi outlined the impact of the master plans on the lives of ordinary people who don't have the luxury to be cynics. Uh, Honorable Mbuyani and Motawung spoke about the other parts of the economy, those occupied by women, youth, and black industrialists that require support. They too are South Africans. Uh, they too can help build this economy and the steps taken by the department to strengthen them, including uh, the example given on the production of face masks. Part of 10 billion rand of new production created in South Africa last year to deal with COVID-19. The opposition speakers from the DA and EFF missed an opportunity today, a missed opportunity to join South Africa in mapping out a compelling vision of economic reconstruction and recovery a missed opportunity to see the value of deeper levels of industrialization uh, and how a successful partnership to build localization can create jobs and expand our economy. A missed opportunity to celebrate the successes of young South Africans and black South Africans and women. 
Honorable McPherson laments the master plans without acknowledging that his own farming constituents in KZN benefit from the agreement with retailers in 2020 to buy local sugar. He paints the whole BEE as simply a construct for politically connected persons, forgetting the hundreds of thousands of workers now benefiting from worker ownership schemes through BEE, dismissing the hundreds of black industrialists who sweat every day to keep their businesses running in food production, in clothing, in steel, in filmmaking. Honorable Yako, taking her cue from Honorable McPherson, lashes out that South Africa has no industry and only assembles the uh, other people's products. I encourage Honorable Yako to get out a bit more, visit our factories. I've been to hundreds of factories uh, that are real production centers. She will find workers and industrialists hard at work in Africa's most industrially diverse economy. Honorable Yako questions whether we have been able to produce ventilators and bemoans uh, that we, we don't say where are they manufactured, who manufactures them, and where is it being used. Now, of course, the EFF asked uh, a parliamentary question both to President Ramaphosa and to myself last year. I replied in November, the president replied in December, giving details of the seven cities where the components were made, the names of the 21 component manufacturers, and the president also recorded the 70 hospitals and healthcare facilities that had received the, the ventilators. Honorable uh, uh, Cuthbert, on a lighter note, I think you can be secure that your wallet will not be nationalized. But Honorable Cuthbert refers to the status view of economic development that evaporated in the rubble of the Berlin Wall. He forgets to add that market fundamentalism and extreme neoliberalism was fatally wounded in the 2008 global economic crisis, and that mature policymakers occupy what economists call the heterodox uh, space, combining both state and market in a new engine for development. China, on whose behalf Honorable Cuthbert seems to be lobbying for a free trade area, has significant state involvement, but so too does Germany and the United States and India. Uh, governments help with innovation. Governments help to mobilize the resources required to deal not only with pandemics, but also another, other national crises. Our national crisis is that of jobs, uh, of transformation, of economic inclusion, of economic growth. Honorable Tring called for extra fiduciary measures to ensure monies budgeted are properly spent. Uh, I welcome that. I'm sure you will be happy to hear that the department will do work to set up a new forensic unit able to probe and investigate any allegations of financial wrongdoing and enhance oversight over agencies will be introduced this year. Uh, Honorable uh, uh, House Chair, there's a saying that all truth passes through uh, three stages. First, it's ridiculed. Second, it is stoutly opposed. And third, it is finally accepted as self-evident. I can invite uh, uh, the members of the DA and the members of the EFF to walk with us on this journey. I recognize they're still in the age of ridicule and opposition, but I look forward to when they are able to join us in the age where we recognize that localization, industrialization, doing more things in South Africa, adding more value to our mineral and agricultural wealth 
using the talent of South African workers and entrepreneurs and innovators is the path forward. Deputy Minister Gina used the beautiful metaphor of a rainbow symbolizing color, energy, and hope. That is what we seek to do, to have South Africa take on this challenge of unemployment, poverty, and inequality. And I look forward to working closely with the House uh, in achieving the outcomes that we've set out today. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thank you, Honorable Minister. Honorable members, we shall now... Um, Honorable members, now we shall now be reminded that the debate on mineral resource and energy budget vote and uh, human settlement and budget vote of defense and military veterans has now come to an end. That concludes the debate and business of the visual mini plenary session. The mini plenary session, honorable members, now will rise. Thank you. Well done, Minister. Well done, Chair.